it seems weird to use a handkerchief to wipe off a chair at a coffee shop like, and think it would do anything. And nowadays, your phone is actually probably the dirtiest thing that you carry around with. Well, the inside of my phone, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of girls, brunette girls in glasses trying to run away. Whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a totally different lane. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Frasier. Frasier went 264 episodes over 11 seasons on NBC. They were talking about episode one, which was called The Good Son, originally airing September 16th, 1993. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Gordo, Nick, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on? Hey, oh. Ooh, Call me with me and in the biscuit tin. I don't know what you just said. Whatever Joe said, said, he said so loud that um <laughs> that the audio <laughs> muted him. I was trying to do Cockney accent for him uh, when she says she got her hand caught in indie biscuit tin. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of accents, guys, I'm really happy to report that, you know, we're finally cracking the case on the elusive Seattle accent, this show <laughs> that apparently takes place in Seattle, London, because what the fuck is going on with for, both of their accents? For the longest time, I thought they were British, for the longest time, even though the dad is clearly not. What is that, though? That's technically like a transatlantic accent, right? I, I think, think right? It's like a like news accent. Be- yeah, just, it's they have. Yeah, a I think weird their dialogue. accents are just more of their education and stuff, more than their location. Isn't that yeah. what you would call? Isn't that what you would call a Brahmin accent? The Brahmin bull. <laughs> Damn it! You beat me. To uh, it. You beat me to it too. <laughs> We're not covering Young Rock this week. Move on. But uh, guys, real quick, I, I want to say, guys, s one e one pod dot com, s one e one pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us. Give us likes. All that stuff. Listen, we're getting, there's some sort of a disparity before, between like, um, our downloads and how many of you interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. So give us a follow. We appreciate the listens. Don't get me wrong. This is why we do the show, but follow us on Instagram and Twitter and talk to us. Yeah. We want to say hello and more fan picks. I'm enjoying doing all the fan picks. So thanks everybody who does reach out. There are some shows I never would have watched. And then some shows I hadn't seen in a billion years. This, uh, this was a fan pick. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember who reached out we had talked about doing the show in the past anyways but someone had asked us not too long ago and i think it kind of brought it up to the forefront this is a pretty um big show as far as we go right like we've only done i'd say you know if it was 10 i'd be surprised like considerably popular shows you know mega hit shows yeah shows Um, that had like a a a, you know 10 years long as this one like 11 seasons 264 episodes that's a lot it has yeah. to be one of the biggest spinoffs of all time, too. That, yeah, it's up there. Um, it's, it's up, up there, there with like the Jeffersons and maybe Laverne and Shirley. Family Matters. Family Matters. Yeah. I always forget, too, that this went right. Like, Frasier worked, or Kelsey Grammer worked for 22 years straight between this and Cheers. 
as the, the same, same character. character. And he also won, he was either nominated for or won for three separate shows, but playing Frasier. Cheers, Frasier, and his one appearance on Wings. He was either he nominated or- for that? Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, this episode particularly got a bunch of awards. Like this pilot, um, David An- Angel, Peter Casey, and David Lee won the Primetime Emmy Award for writing this episode. James Burroughs won the Directors Guild of America Award and the Primetime Emmy Award for directing this episode. And Kelsey Grammer won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Well, Just for this really episode. Low that year. I thought I'm this episode. Even, I'm not even talking shit about the show or, or the episode. I'm just saying that there wasn't anything wildly spectacular that made me go, "Wow, that was a masterpiece." Oh, see, this no, I all... think the writing was really I think it's smart. Very well written, yeah. And I thought Kelsey Grammer's. I thought his performance in this was really good. Also, you get Sideshow Bob and Sideshow Cecil in the same episode. I mean, come on, who'd be mad about that? <laughs> and then, as far as Frasier goes, is there any? Did you guys watch the show in its original run at all? I didn't. No, I was talking about that. I, I mean, it ran for over 200 episodes. I'm not even being hyperbolic. I think I have seen officially maybe three episodes of this show. I saw a lot. My mom really liked this show, so I watched it with her a lot. Um, I probably saw more Frasier than I saw Cheers, if we're being completely honest. See, I'm the opposite there. I love Cheers, and I saw tons of Cheers, but when I was a kid, I thought this was boring. As an adult, I I understand it more, but as like a 10-year-old, I don't want to watch Frasier. You know? That wasn't their demographic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was saying that to my wife earlier, that I watched this as a kid with my mother, and I hated it. I hated it. It was just like Cheers. Like, absolutely hated it, was not targeted at us. I do not have fond memories of this show. I forgot you hated Cheers. Yeah, it's so weird to me. That, that you don't is like so Cheers. weird. Is this I, the first, um, not the first, I know it's not the first spinoff, but how many spinoffs were there from Cheers? Because there was the Tortellis. The Tortellis, was, which I can't wait to do. And this, this I think there's one I don't even more. know what that is. That's Carla's husband spinoff. I don't think it did well. Uh, yeah, it, it only did, did one season, so. I never even heard of it. Her husband, I can't forget the actor's name. He's in a million things. He's the dad. Oh, Danny Clueless, DeVito. Goes, Get out of my chair. That guy from Clueless. Dan Hadaya. Yeah, Dan Hadaya. Thank you. Was he also, also the, the bad dad guy in, in Commando? Was he in Clueless? He's the dad, yeah. He's the one who says, get out of my chair. Oh, that's okay, okay. You know Clueless, that movie about the, like, 22-year-old lost dude, and he was like, nah, I'll just fuck my teenage stepsister instead. <laughs> that movie's plot is fucking you wild You leave Paul now. Rudd alone. Hey, I love Paul Rudd. And in the TV show version of Clueless, it was uh, Danny from Hey Dude who played that character. It was. <laughs> But hey, that said, dude. that is like the first real like I'm just gonna fuck my stepsister. Listen, that set the bar. It did. It set <laughs> yeah, the bar. We're here forever now. She's just a virgin who can't even drive. Who gets stuck inside of dryers all the time? <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, gonna say, was she, was she a dryer repair person? Really much clueless now. I guess on that note, uh, we should just get right into the episode. So it starts with a black title screen that says it says the job. And they do this kind of from scene to scene. They intro every scene with that. It's very Pulp Fiction. I love this. There was a question I had. Now, do they do this in every episode? I had the same question, yeah. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I, I think they used to do it at the beginning of every episode, but I don't remember it 
over and over. Because I couldn't tell if this was just like an introductory to the cast or to the story, and that's what they do, or if they did this every episode, because I didn't see enough of it to know. But even if they don't do it every episode, I think this is a great device for a pilot to it's break fine. everything into chapters yeah. this way. I was okay with it. I didn't love it, but I, it didn't bother me that much either. I like how it was like a play, almost. Like act one, act two. That's that so cool. felt out of place. Well, that would explain but... why two characters are walking around thinking they're in fucking Shakespeare the whole time. <laughs> but again, that's their background. It makes sense. Um, they have, they certainly do have unique accents. But you know who else has a unique accent? Bobcat Goldthwait. Ooh, Jay, how's call. your impression going? I haven't been working on it. There's no need to. Isn't next week episode 100? What do you mean? What do you mean there's no need to? Uh, wait, wait, n- next week's episode 100, and we are not doing Golden Palace for episode 100. Maybe for episode 104, we should do it. Yeah, it's going to be the two-year anniversary episode. But is this show being streamed anywhere? Is it a Peacock show because it was on NBC? Yeah, I watched it on it's Peacock. It's got to be Peacock, yeah. No, Paramount Plus. No, I watched it on Peacock today. So it's on both. Oh, I watched it on Paramount, so. It's also listed as on Hulu, but the internet lies, and I don't have Hulu anymore. Yeah, it's listed on Amazon, too, but I think that's to redirect you through Paramount, probably, because you can, like, get Paramount through Amazon, whatever. Um, But yeah, I watched it on Paramount. And the reason I bring it up is more because when you asked about future episodes, I don't remember, because I don't think the show had a lot of syndication, as big as it was. I don't really remember seeing it in reruns after it was concluded. But reruns for sure while it was still on. Like, I remember yeah. being on, like, a late afternoon show or yeah. early evening show a lot when it was still in its initial run. But again, a show like this ended at the time where we would have all, like, never been around for primetime TV anymore, yeah. starting to, like, move out, out of after, after high school. So, like, I feel like those are lost years with, like, knowledge of TV a little. Yeah. But yeah, to get back into the episode, show starts and we see Frazier Crane hosting a radio show where uh, he's taking callers and gives them advice because uh, he's a psychiatrist. And again, uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Fraser Crane, did all throughout Cheers, and now he's doing it on this show. In the scene, he's about to take like one final caller, who tells him he's been feeling depressed lately. And Fraser responds by telling uh, the caller a little bit about his own life. He says, you know, six months ago, I was living in Boston. My wife had left me, which is very Hello. painful. Stopped him in his tracks. What? <laughs> Nick was yeah, my wife left me. But it wasn't like the punch line didn't happen yet. <laughs> no, I was just representing our home city, Jay. Yeah. Oh, well, Shouting you should have said it earlier, not when I said the next line. No, I had to unmute my microphone. It took longer than it should have. <laughs> yeah, well, Nick was really right. excited about his ex-wife leaving. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, divorce. <laughs> so uh, he said, which was very painful. And then she came back to me, which was excruciating. And the way he delivered that, I thought was hilarious when he said that. Yeah, that was great. It, it, but, okay, let me ask you this. Is it as funny if you don't know Lilith? It's not. Well, I guess it's still funny, but it's way funnier. No, if I think you know it's funny because his delivery, because he got so serious when he said it. Like, his, his face went, like, dark and cold, which was excruciating. Kelsey Grammer's a uh, really good actor. Like Yes. Fantastic, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd like it to be said that if, even though we're making fun of the accent a little bit because it doesn't make sense for Seattle, Chelsea Grammer's great. There's no issue there. And, and Fraser Crane is an amazing character. And Cheers, he's so good in Cheers. And then he continues to say, on top of that, my practice had grown stagnant. My social life consisted of hanging around at a bar night after night. Um, I think that, by the way, was a great way to 
that and mentioning Boston was a good way to nod tears without yeah. overdoing it. You know, like holy exposition dump, Batman. Yeah, it's a lot of exposition, but it works. But it's not like you know too many like get it. Get it's no, just, like, it was the perfect cues. way to do it. Yeah. I, I I'm not complaining about it. It was pretty funny. I did, I like I like that he got it all out of the way all at once. Yeah. Do you think when they got divorced, she was like, Frazier, I want to divorce, and he was like, Lilith, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's probably exactly how it went. To go back to what you said, I remember her on Cheers. She sucked. It's funny. I just watched Jumanji yesterday. I forgot she was in that. As Lilith. <laughs> She's just yeah. yelling, at a, <laughs> yelling at a rhinoceros for two minutes. Like, it's a weird scene they put in here. <laughs> so um, he continues to tell him that he knew he had to make change and eventually ended his marriage for good and moved back to his hometown of Seattle. And then he said, move, change, do something. If it's a mistake, do something else. And as I'm watching, I'm like, that's legitimate, great advice <laughs> to the point where, like, I want to, like, write that down and put it on a post-it note or something. Oh, next week's episode, the, like, the video is going to look a little different because Jay's going to be in, like, an empty apartment somewhere. And he's like, I fucking moved to Kansas City. I don't know. It really took. <laughs> Damn that Kelsey Grammer. And Jay's going to move to Seattle and be like, why does everyone not sound like I thought they would here? <laughs> Jay just subtly has an accent. <laughs> Next episode. Welcome everyone to this one. I don't know why. That Julia Child. Childs, that's where I'm going. Bon appetit. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> so um, he closes by asking the caller, you know, can you do that for me? In you know, in reply to his, you know, make change. And we find out that they went off air a while ago, and we've moved on to Chopper Dave's Rush Hour Roundup. So after that, he asked his producer, Roz, you know, the show went well other than that, though, right? And she's kind of ducking the question and saying, oh, your brother called, by the way. And he's like, I can handle criticism. What you're doing right now is avoidance. And she finally rifles off like this list of everything he did wrong throughout the episode. And I'm not going to get into everything, but one of the last ones that she closed with was about how she kept, how he kept referring to Jerry with the identity crisis as Jeff. That That was good. Yeah. He also said the call signs of the radio station in the wrong order. He didn't say WNBC. WNBC. Pig Vomit would have been so mad at him for that. I like that the conversation kind of goes full circle with the whole avoidance comment earlier because as soon as she tells him everything he did wrong, he just goes, oh, so you said my brother called and he runs off. This also goes to show, again, we've done news radio. We have done WKRP in Cincinnati. We have done Frasier. I want to say there's one more. There is something about a radio station that makes such a good sitcom environment. Well, like you can't do it anymore because people yeah. like, I, you know, it's like, I don't think it's as relatable. Radio still exists, but I don't think it's as used the way it was once. It could be podcasting. Yeah, I was going to say it could be yeah. podcasting. <laughs> I think in this environment, though, it still works because one of the only really profit and like profit making and well listened to radio segments left is still talk radio. Yeah. Like that's yeah. still Satellite as radio. popular now as it ever was. And people and even sports pay, radio. Yeah, I mean, look how much money people pay for XM and stuff just to get Howard Stern. And that show now is literally just Ugh. him talking to musicians. It's not even what Howard Stern used to be. I know it used to be like, Hey, let me throw a baloney at your ass. And I was like, so what were you thinking when you wrote so Everlong? much baloney throwing? Why was <laughs> yeah. that his gimmick for so long? Everyone's got different kinks. Look, we're not here to kink shame. I'm just saying it seems. I've seen way too many girls in thongs get baloney thrown at their butts at like one in the morning on E when we were in high school. It's like, is this what the whole TV show is? Like, what is happening? 
the following scene, again, we have a black title screen says the brother. And we have Frazier who's at this cafe and he's reading um, the menu while his brother Niles is standing next to him, recounting the story between him and the gardener. And he says, Yoshi, I do not want a Zen garden in my backyard. If I want to rake gravel every 10 minutes to maintain my inner harmony, I'll move to Yokohama. I, I feel like that alone tells you so much about Niles. Like, I felt like he introduces his character very strong. His personality is very profound. This is also a very much a uh, my classic Janine Garofalo, but like we're getting coffee. It's the '90s. Can we have two cafe lattes? Like at the same <laughs> time, there is the entire Seinfeld episode about cafe latte, like specifically cafe latte. I think here though, right? You need to have a place where Fraser can meet up with his brother outside of his house. That's and not you a bar. can't you can't throw him at a bar because you're not trying no. to put him in the cheers environment again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new bar called Steers. <laughs> yeah. They got a country House. and western bar called Steers. <laughs> <laughs> Niles, get off the bull. Get off the bull. I'm trying to talk to you, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mental picture. <laughs> it's funny, too, when you think this came out a year before Friends did. Yeah. So they kind of pioneered the coffee shop thing. If this continues on. What? Seattle is very that's where that's, Starbucks started, yes. right? All, yeah, also that. Seattle is very known for like coffee shops. That's true. I didn't sure. even think of that. Yeah. And uh that whole story that Niles is telling, Fraser's not paying attention like at all the whole time. And when he gets called out on it, he says to his brother, like, you know, you're a psychiatrist. You know what it's like to listen to people going on endlessly about their mundane lives. But both of them are psychiatrists. Is anybody here a psychiatrist in or ever been no. in therapy? <laughs> no. I, when Negative. I was very young, uh, like single digit age, I used to have to go to like behavioral class because I was, because <laughs> you were, because well you were you, basically yeah. what you're trying to say. Yeah. We need to find who that psychiatrist was and give them a terrible Yelp review. <laughs> yeah. They need to lose their license. <laughs> On an upside, I guess that was long enough now that they've either succumbed to things that their profession couldn't help them with or quit. I was so young. I used to have to go, I, like, my dad would have to take me because I was just, you know, an ill-behaved child. The only thing I remember about this whole thing was uh, it was like a group class with other shitty kids. And um, there was a technique called stop. And it was stop, think, go over your options, and then praise yourself when you're done. And I don't know, like, 30 years later, I still remember that. And that's all I and all you took from that was praise yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to go with the main event at the end. So, yeah, I, I felt like that was the most important part. I've known you for 36 years. And some of this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I know. How have I never yeah, heard right? that before? I was really young. I, like, I, it was like a once a week, I think, thing. I don't remember it that clearly because it was so, it was like really, really young. Cut to fourth grade where Jane never got to go to recess. And they're just like, well, it didn't work. <laughs> I think we told that story on you. Yeah. Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason. It's funny that we've all literally known each other since we were in single digit age. It is wild, yeah. Which is yeah. wild in itself, but also that none of us knew that story seems kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, I guess, I don't know. I just never think about it. <laughs> it wasn't like, it didn't go on for that long. But anyway, therapy is good and important. We're not shaming it or anything, but I will say I go to it and sometimes I'm just like, how was your week? You're like, it was okay. Like, I don't know. Like, it's never like me emptying out my soul. It's always just me being like, well, you'll get out of it what you put in. Right. So like, it's uh, as, as forthcoming as you want to be, you know, that's what you'll get in return. All it is, I, is just 
a person that you can talk to and yeah, basically throw everything in the yeah. kitchen sink at. That Tell makes me you about feel your bad. mother. I will say that when I first started going last year, they were just like, yeah, that makes sense. Here, take a bunch of pills. And then for like three months, I was just like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, I don't think these are working. I'm fucking, this is bad. What are you people doing? It's like, I've been chewing my tongue for three weeks. So it's also important to like, make sure you find a doctor who like works for you. Yes. that That's a big piece of it. So they put in their order and then um, both find a table to sit down at. Not before Niles thoroughly wipes the chair down with like a handkerchief he had. Yeah, like ball. COVID style, which I thought was strange. But it's what not disposable. Was, he puts it I in his pocket. What I thought was strange was he just puts it in his pocket after. Yeah. So it's touching yeah. the same amount of skin at his butt with pants on would have touched the chair. So what's he really protecting? I've seen the episode of Penn and Teller's bullshit where they test the theory of how dirty a toilet seat actually is. And it's surprisingly not as dirty as you think it would be compared to just like how dirty a human's anatomy is. So it seems weird to use a handkerchief to wipe off a chair at a coffee shop like, and think it would do anything. And nowadays, your phone is actually probably the dirtiest thing that you carry around with. Well, the inside of my phone, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of girls, brunette girls in glasses trying to run away. Whoa! whoa, whoa. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a totally different lane. <laughs> What am I recording myself chasing people? <laughs> Get back here. I don't question it anymore, man. <laughs> now you got to. <laughs> Come so, back uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, the two brothers breathe. are sitting at the table now, and they're having some light small talk. And Frazier tells his brother how much he enjoys his new life and the solitude. But does mention like how he misses his son and how he's playing soccer now. Like, oh, I chip off the old block. <laughs> Brother's like, you hated sports. He's like, so does he. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot he had a son. Does, yeah. Me too. Does anybody know if his son ever pops up on the show? Was this a one-time mention? And then he's just... Again, well, I, just I don't know enough. him yeah. moving away. And I don't remember that... I'm, maybe at some point, because it's 11 seasons, but we do have an opportunity now. I guess there's no proper way to bring it up unless it was at the end. They are going to bring back Frazier. Yeah. So I don't know yeah, if it's a well, continuation. Without the dad, it's not going to work. Well, it's a new I season. Do like back in it's going to be in Boston. Yeah, it's like none of the cast is returning. So it's a new Frazier. I don't I even know it if it's him, I thought it was him and Niles. No Niles, to my understanding. Yeah, no really? Niles. He's yeah. out too. Yeah, it's literally just Frazier coming back. Oh, what about Eddie? In, in Boston, Eddie didn't even survive 11 seasons. Oh, There's no. a few different Eddies. <laughs> Eddie's. <laughs> It's not the first Eddie. Just we'll like the Eddie. 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 He did receive the most fan mail. So yeah, that we'll talk sense. about we'll he talk about Eddie boy. in a little bit. But so the conversation moves uh, on to Niles telling Frazier that the other day one of their father's friends from the police force went over to see him, and when he got to his house, he saw him on the bathroom floor, and that he doesn't think he should be living on his own anymore, and the only option that he can think about is putting him in a home, and he pulls out all these brochures he says you know Frazier you can't take him you're just starting your new life here and getting settled in and I certainly can't take him either and Frazier's like uh yeah of course why <laughs> and he's like well you know he doesn't get along with Maris who's his wife and Frazier's like yeah well nobody does he's like I thought you you liked my Maris 
I hated that he said my Maris in that moment, by the way. Yeah, that's a weird way to put it. But it tracks, yeah, I've never, though. Yeah, never I used that, but it works for him, too, yeah. yeah probably like a yeah. Seattle lingo that we don't know about. No, he I think it's my like, Maris, though. Like, there's a lot of other Marises around. Yeah. But Fraser's uh, <laughs> like, no, no, I like her, like, from a distance. You know, the way you like the sun. Maris is like the sun, except without the warmth. <laughs> that got me. That yeah, got that's me. a good little line. And then Niles pulls out that brochure and he's like, Golden Acres, we care so that you don't have to. <laughs> and he, he admits that wasn't actually written, but it might as well be there. So Fraser cracks down. He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll take him. And uh, as soon as he agrees to bring their father in, that's when the waitress shows up with their lattes and asks if they want anything to eat. Fraser says, suddenly my appetite is, is gone. And Niles decides to order himself a large piece of cheesecake. which. I love cheesecake. Is it? So do I. I feel like it's a weird, like, middle of the day yes. thing, though, right? That's a post dinner, and that's it. Like, oh, we don't, we I don't, don't know. know what time it is. This could be right after work, and he worked. But then it's post, it's pre dinner. Yeah, he too. hasn't eaten dinner yet. Listen, Listen any time of the day is a any, any time, you know? Any time of the day is a good time for cheesecake. I love cheesecake. I think it was weird say, that I would always get something smaller though. Like if it was mid snack and you're like the Starbucks or something, you'd be like, "Ooh, that chocolate chip cookie looks good," but that's not going to like ruin your whole yeah food experience the rest of the day. Just because your stomach's bad, it's not a restaurant; it's a cafe. So they were supposed to, in theory, order that while they got their coffees, right? It seems weird to have yeah. a waitress come over with a coffee. That's the upsell, man. It's yeah. all about sales. It's all about the upsell. So now we get to another title screen that says "The Father." And the scene starts with Frazier playing the piano in his condo. Uh, I looked it up. I guess Frazier plays a little bit of piano. He admittedly not super well. So that scene, probably not really him. But David Hyde Pierce, who plays Niles, apparently is like very good at piano. Honestly, cool. of course he is. <laughs> I believe yeah, it. He now. just looks like yeah. a guy who knows how to play piano. No, and I love that he's come back for, I don't know if you guys are fans of Wet Hot American Summer. He's amazing in Wet Hot American Summer, but he also came back for all the sequels. I like the first one. I didn't like this. I didn't like the second one. I like one. the sequel stuff. Uh, the sequels also had, uh, what's his face, playing Ronald Reagan and the fear of Skylab falling on them, which I thought was a great <laughs> uh, dumb plot point. I thought him playing piano in the scene was a little unnecessary, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> it was, no, it, it, works out of nowhere. His, it works for his character, though. Like, I suppose. Yeah, like, it'd be weird if he was playing, like, an ACDC song guitar, you know what I mean? Like, but I him could, playing classical piano makes sense. Yeah, Listen, I could at least see it's not one of those sitcoms where there's a musical instrument in the apartment and no one ever plays it ever. Please. Yeah, true. Do you true. know what I think would have been a better joke, though, in our classic We Always Rewrite the Scenes? I think it should have been him playing piano and the music playing in the background. Do, and when the door. Do, 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 do. Well, when the door knocked and he got up, the music was still playing and he went and like, turned off a record. <laughs> because it's like such a yeah. pretentious well, thing that good, he's pretending yeah. to play along with the piano. That and is, then you never have to worry about him playing again, right? Like, it's a good way to make a joke. That's what I would have written. That's good writing, my friend. <laughs> in any event, you. he stops playing when the doorbell rings. And in walks Niles with their father, Martin, played by the late, great John Mahoney, uncle of famed wrestler Balls Mahoney. And <laughs> Frazier welcomes them in, and um, he tells his dad, oh, you look great. And he's like, don't BS me. I spent my Monday on the bathroom floor. You can still see tile marks on my face. I love that they end up explaining why he was on the bathroom floor, because before you meet him, and John Mahoney is not that old. At this point, he was in action movies. Like, he, this year, I think the exact year this came out, he did Striking Distance the Bruce Willis cop movie, and he did um, In the Line of 
fire with Clint Eastwood. So he's like an older guy in those, but he's not like an old man. So when he pops in, you're like, wait, that's who you're getting to play the guy who's on the floor? Well, yeah, the theory isn't that he's like too old mentally. It's that his hip's bad. So he just physically can't get around. I like how they, they later on tell you the story as to why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Because otherwise you'd be like, wait, this guy is way too young and vital. Exactly. To be right. right yeah. It does make sense down the line. But I also love the stark difference between the father and the two sons. Yeah. I imagine at some I point, not in this pilot, but. Sorry. I, was, no, go ahead. I think you were going to say the same thing as me, but I wonder if that's ever explained why they're so different from him. I think it's explained that it's the mother is much more uptight. But yeah, I there's actually we a scene, the, the close of the scene before when they're at the cafe, I didn't bring it up, but, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, right. actually, no, it's later on, later yeah, on, I, we'll bring it up when we get to it, the, mo- the mother's mentioned later, sorry about that. Also, so we haven't him- talked about this yet, we talked about John Mahoney coming in, but we haven't talked about them coming into this fucking mega Amazing apartment. Amazing condo. This is insane, I don't know how well Frazier was doing in Boston. I mean, he was a psychiatrist at the top of his field, like. Yeah, he's got doctor money. Like this sure. isn't unreasonable for him to live there. I don't think, anyways. But like, they look out the window, and the Space Needle is like closer than my neighbor's house. Like it's <laughs> yeah, an yeah. amazing apartment. But specifically, this scene when he goes from the piano to the door, they pan over, and you really see how like beautiful that apartment is. Like, I was like, wow. I don't remember that apartment looking like that as a kid. Actually, me. I either. do remember that. Yeah, I like the. Whatever backdrop they used for the outside of his window is actually really good. You see, you see shows um, kind of lack quality on the backdrops a lot, and it's like very obviously just a board in the back. This one looked really good for the time, anyway. If you're gonna go yeah. all windows like that, you have to put a little bit of detail there. Yeah, I guess if the window's that big, you have to. Funny enough, I had read that after this episode, they added like curtains to the windows, so you only see the actual space needle, like. In this episode. Interesting. Maybe it's a green screen. That's why it's so nice. No, it wouldn't look that good back then. I don't know if it would that. Yeah, that's pretty early. Just to get it out of the way now, though, because uh, I just glanced at my notes and forgot about it. Joe, do you know the 9-11 connection to this? I do not. The writer-producer, David Engel, him and his wife were on the first plane that hit the buildings. Fuck, that's awful. Yeah. What I'm thing? really surprised you didn't know that, actually. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised, too. I thought that would have been in, like, Only Plane in the Sky or, like, one of the million 9-11 books I've read, but... So, on that high note, uh, <laughs> Frazier has him take a seat on the couch and continues to make the most of the situation, telling him, you know, I loaded the fridge with your favorite beer, Valentine's, which is very obscure, weird beer to pick. It's an odd beer it's- to pick. You th- it's surprising that it's not, like... Meisterbrow, or like I don't know, ind- like a smaller shit. Yeah, I, I did a little style. homework on that. That's owned. It's now it was independently owned for a million years. Very, it was like the third oldest brewery, but now it's owned by PBR. But it's not originally from Seattle. It's not currently from Seattle, so it's kind of like a weird pick. I know it has a little bit of military ties. So I thought maybe that's where they were going with it. I've had it a few times. It's one of those beers that used to only come in like tall boy four packs. You know, when you like when before like fancy beers came in four packs, it was a weird thing. We were like, why is this beer? It was like that and Boddington's would come in like four pack of tall boys only. I feel he like also, Fraser, uh, despite every despite coming from chairs, I feel like the only thing he should have in his like apartment is like candy and like other like stuff that proper people would drink, not yeah, like super beer. fancy drinks. 
Well, he also, I mean, he's setting it up for his dad. So that's why he said he also has some hot links and coleslaw. That's true. And yeah. a Charles Bronson movie yes. on VHS. I immediately thought of you when yeah, because, I smiled so hard. The idea, like, imagine if Joe's coming over, you'd be like, oh, what should I do? I'll, I'll buy some cheap beer and rent a Charles Bronson movie. But again, that would be a very sausage. specific cheap beer. How, and how are you on hot links? <laughs> I mean, I'm pro hot link. I mean, so if you were like Joe, I know you were coming over. So we rented, you know, Death Wish 3. We got you some high life and some hot dogs. I would be so fucking happy. Coleslaw? You coleslaw man? I'm not I a coleslaw hate, man. I hate coleslaw. I love coleslaw. I like coleslaw. I just, it's got to be on the... Uh, the mayo side. I don't like, like, the vinegary coleslaw. Oh, I like Same. the vinegary. And like, uh, R.I.P. the ranch. The ranch in Revere here had a really good coleslaw. Was it really good, though, or were you just always eating it at 2 in the morning when you were wasted? No, I towards the end there, I ate that sober more than I ate it drunk. Interesting. The one time I ate it sober, I got really sick. <laughs> <laughs> the alcohol protected you. Yeah, it gives you, like, a barrier. <laughs> yeah. Nick and I went there uh, one, on the last week. That the last were, day. Wasn't oh, it was the last, last day, day that they were open? Yeah. yeah. You guys are making our, our uh, Revere um, listeners really excited, but I think the rest of the world... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the country doesn't even know about the roast beefs we eat. <laughs> so. People listen like, I a hope they keep going on about Coles. Suburban restaurant that closed in <laughs> Boston. Like, no one gives a shit. So Martin says, hey, we all know why I'm here. Your old man can't be left alone for 10 minutes without falling on his ass. And Fraser got stuck with me. Isn't that right? And then they're both like, no, no. And like, I don't know. When they cut to the two of them, both kind of like laughing and denying, like, I found that very funny. Yep. But he says, I want you here. You know, I want us to give it a chance to get reacquainted. Like, that would imply that we were acquainted to begin with. And Fraser asks his dad what he thinks of the place and starts talking about all those different pieces of furniture he has. And we'd already said the place was um, location and size, beautiful apartment. but then. All the pieces there were like very meticulously picked and all fancy art, and that everything was very you know specifically selected. And Martin's like nothing here matches, and Fraser's like yeah, it's a style called eclectic. And if you have really fine pieces of furniture, it doesn't really matter if they match; they just sort of go together. He's like, well, it's your money. No, I didn't think I don't have an eye for like design or anything, but I didn't think any of it didn't match. Yeah, it all it all flowed to me. Yeah, it all flowed. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I mean, I think it's one of those, like, um, if you really know what you're talking about as far as, like, furni- like high-end furniture goes, maybe it doesn't, but to us, it, it works fine. I think for his dad being just such a meat and potatoes guy, he's like, why don't you have a sofa-loveseat combo that look exactly alike with a, you know, a regular table and a TV? Well, most regular people have a platform with a baby grand piano on it. I mean, that's how most apartments are laid out <laughs> these days. Right. They just, they come from different worlds entirely. So anything that Frazier likes, subsequently Martin probably is not going to even understand. Now that we've been intro to the dad, did you guys know that uh, him and, um, I always forget the guy who plays Niles' real name, um, David Hyde Pierce. You know, they were the first and only options for those cast members. There was no other auditions or anything like that. And then when they decided on um, John Mahoney for Martin, uh, Kelsey Grammer called him and asked him if he would be his dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, that's funny. So no sooner do they have that conversation about all the furniture, the doorbell rings, and it's someone delivering Martin's beat up old armchair. 
And Fraser obviously is not okay with this at all and says it doesn't go with anything. And Martin's like, yeah, I know it's eclectic. So I, that I, mean, really I saw good. that one coming. Yeah, yeah I it's smart. It, that. It's just smart comedy writing. Like, you know, th- all the stories come full circle. It, it just, yeah. it, it works. Also, the guy that delivers that chair is also the guy who removes the chair in the last episode of the series. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they brought him back just for that. <laughs> I love that guy gets the call and he's like, I've yeah. been waiting for this for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was strange because when he came in and first sat on the couch, I was like, isn't he always in an armchair? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then it got delivered a little while later. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. You think so, he would lean on his son who's got a lot of money to buy a nicer armchair? But he doesn't want a nicer armchair. He wants his chair, you know, like yeah. his comfortable chair. Right. It's the Archie Bunker theory, right? It's his chair. Yeah. Do you guys have a chair? Are you asking us if we sit down when we're home? <laughs> <laughs> I sleep standing up like the Coneheads, personally. That's just how I do everything. But no, I don't have like a specific spot I need to sit in. No, it doesn't. Okay. It's not a thing for that me. That was more or less. Do you guys have like a yeah. specific armchair or anything no. like that, like a lazy boy or anything? Or is that just a TV trope? I, I don't think, think it's, it's a, a trope, trope or my but coach. like I have the couch that I hang out in when I'm in this room watching television and. I don't even sit in the same spot of the couch from time to time. However, if I had a lazy boy, I don't. I think I would sit in it all the time. Me too. I really. Yeah, if I had a chair like that, I'd certainly use it. So now it says he has to run because he has to run to this dysfunctional family seminar that he's late to. But right before he exits, he asks his dad if he told Fraser about Eddie yet, and Fraser's like, "Dad, no, not Eddie." Martin's like, "He's my best friend." He's like, "But he's weird, and he gives me the creeps." All he does is stare at me and tells him that this is where he has to put his foot down and Eddie's not going to be moving in here. And then we flash to a new screen that says Eddie. Now, before we even get into it, it's tough because I think I know the show. Yeah. But I felt the setup. They're avoiding telling you what's about to happen, but I think it's obvious even if you don't know. Yeah, If you didn't know about the dog, I would assume it would be like Topsy, who's like Cotton Hill's best friend. Like he just like the weird old guy who... I'm surprised Frazier doesn't just lie and say, like, you know, the building is no dogs allowed or something like that. That's probably a smarter move. Yeah. I mean, well, you see, when you do when you live in condos, it's your house. You can have them. So it's not even like you can pull that. I I don't think Frazier is renting. that. Probably. I assumed it was a condo. But yeah, we cut to later that night and the lights are off. Martin's in his chair eating the hot links and watching the Charles Bronson movie. And the camera pans over to the couch. You see, like, Fraser looking very uncomfortable as the camera continues to shift over. You just see that Jack Russell, who's Eddie, who's just like st- standing up, just staring straight at Fraser the whole time. And, uh, I love I, a good trained pup. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, what a well trained dog doesn't budge. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Jack have, Russell, have... and she's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like a energy, energy filled pups. Super filled. I mean, and I have a miniature Jack Russell who's more like Milo from The Mask. The good one? Oh, like not the keys. Not the cheese, Milo, the keys? Yes, yes. Oh, not the share movie? No. Because you said the good one. I thought you meant the share movie. No, no. I, yeah, I said the good one. Well, Rocky Dennis does get a pet dog. Gets a dog as a gift in the movie Mask, the good one as well. That's why I thought that's what he was talking about. Yeah. And that poor dog's face. Oh, boy. <laughs> you can see, like, smoke coming out of Gordo's ears as we talk about two <laughs> movies that he hasn't watched. I've seen the mask. All right. But have you seen the good mask? The Jim Carrey mask? Yes. Yeah, the Jim no, Carrey no, the mask good mask with Cher. So I didn't even know that that's what that movie was called. 
I've seen, like... I was say, Gordo's a meme guy, so he's seen pictures from that movie. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. I've, I've, I've definitely sent multiple mask memes into our group chat before. I've seen the guy's face. Like, that is a familiar face, like, from my childhood. But Jim like, Carrey? No, the, the mask. Smoking. Whoever the mask <laughs> is. Eric Stoltz, pet detective. <laughs> Either way, I know that face. <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> so now in the next scene, Frazier meets with Niles at that same cafe they were at before. And Frazier's losing it. He can't handle having his dad stay with him. And he asks his brother if he has those pamphlets still for the nursing home. And he says he doesn't have his life anymore. This week, he's already had to give up tickets for the theater and the symphony. And Niles reminds him about the opera on Friday. And Frazier hands him the ticket. So I assume Niles is the benefit of all these things that Frazier's not going to. Niles says that him and Maris were discussing it. And they agree that they should do more to help out with the situation. And Frazier's like, oh, you're going to be taking him in? He's like, oh, God, no. They are going to pay for him to have a home care worker. Someone who can, like, cook and clean and help the dad out with his physical therapy. And Fraser says, Niles, I can't thank you enough. I have an overwhelming urge to hug you. And that's when Niles goes, remember what mom always said, a handshake is as good as a hug. So we, we brought it up earlier. It, it's very clear they are much more like mom than dad. Yeah. She's oh, probably, yeah. Have you guys ever been to an opera before? No, I've been no, to the symphony. Don't intend to. Mm, no, I don't, I don't believe I have. I think I have. I can't. It doesn't stand out. I've been to an opera house before, but not for an opera. Yeah. I've watched yeah. the uh, Looney Tunes cartoon with uh, the opera one with kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. Ah. Kill I mean, to be fair, rabbit. that is just and then the entire subplot of the movie Dirty Work is about the opera. Was it Pagliacci? <laughs> and then um, in there's a Dracula opera in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. What movie is that? It's a classic. <laughs> and um. Yeah, so we uh, is Cher in that one? Oh God, dirty! No. What about dirty work when they ruin uh, his opera at the end? That's what I was saying. Yeah. Up, yeah, he brought that one up. The um, the whole like at home care. That's I I guess like um, I was gonna say does anyone, does anyone know anyone who's had that? But that's like a weird avenue to go down. Yeah, yeah. no, I was gonna say if you guys had to. Get yeah, no, but I think care. um, but that's obviously like not cheap. I mean, <laughs> you figure they both oh, no, are doing yeah. no. So that's um is it assumed though where she's there to help cook and clean, does Frazier benefit from that too? Like is he getting it's not just food for Martin. I mean, right? The house is getting cleaned, yeah. <clears throat> when they argue about it later, they mention that she would only be there when Frazier wasn't. So, yeah, so in he doesn't theory, have to worry. no, I mean leftovers, yeah, for yeah. sure. But I mean but as far as like clean, doing laundry, yeah. Sneak some t shirts into the pile. <laughs> kind so of surprising. We, uh, he doesn't already have like a housekeeper. He's new. He's just getting there. He's just getting settled in. He's, he looks like such a clean freak that I don't think it was going to be an issue. Yeah. But we cut to later, and now Frazier and Martin are home, and Frazier's just seeing someone out of the door who he just interviewed for the job. And he says, I have never been more impressed with a human being in my life. And he shuts the door, and then he looks at his dad and goes, now what was wrong with that one? <laughs> and he goes, she was casing the joint. Like, casing the <laughs> joint? She spent two years with Mother Teresa. Well, if I were Mother Teresa, I'd check my jewelry box. <laughs> <laughs> this one got a nice laugh. Listen, I trust Martin because he was a cop. He That's would true. know. I mean, and Mother Teresa, probably too trusting. 
And when asked for a comment from Brother Teresa, she said, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who can't see us, Joe stood still. Matt did dead. I did dead joke. So uh, now they're about to interview their last applicant who's coming to the house. And in walks Daphne Moon, who when Frasier first opened the door, had her hand in her bra. Joe, you started the episode uh, saying, like, oh, caught me with my hand in the biscuit tin. Uh, not a term I've heard before, but. It's just their version of the cookie jar. Add that to the Rolodex. Yeah, English cookie jar. Yeah. Because a cookie in England is a biscuit. Like the Geico commercial when he brings them biscuits. Which is why the, um... In England, they're called limp cookie. Fuck God, <laughs> you paid me to... I couldn't figure out how to word it properly. Now, Gordo, do you want to hear Frank Dare's depression? <laughs> We're all alright! <laughs> if this is the first time you've heard us, you're very confused. But go back and listen to all our other episodes. They're there. So, yeah, so... Fraser walks her in and introduces her to Martin. And she sees the dog on the couch and asks, oh, and who might this be? And Frazier's way of saying it, he was just like, that is Eddie. <laughs> he hates that his dog disdain so for the dog on his face is so I good. I love his, his disdain gets deep, too. His, like, vo- his voice yeah. gets deeper, which makes it's it way super funnier. dark. And Martin's like, I call him Eddie Spaghetti. Oh, he likes pasta? No, he has worms. <laughs> I laughed stupidly hard at this, and I'm usually not. That's usually not my type of humor, but that's a, that joke fucking landed. Do you think deep down he hates Eddie so much because the dad gives Eddie the love that he doesn't get and never got? That's a I very mean, deep. Frazier as a psychiatrist should understand that, but maybe that's <laughs> that could be it. And yeah. Ferg, Doctor Ferg, you should have your own radio show. <laughs> I am Doctor Ferg. <laughs> Your dog has worms. <laughs> Only if Ferg brings the guy from bum fights. <laughs> <laughs> to those of you Literally listen, a, top t- a top 10 moment in United States it, television if, history. Yeah, if you guys are yeah. listening, right, at some point in your day, go to YouTube and Google, um, not Google, on YouTube search, Dr. Phil bum fights. And it's the guy who created the, the VHS series bum fights. Shows up to Dr. Phil dressed as Dr. Phil. and shaved his head into the skullet. It is one of the funniest things on the internet. I don't know if it it was Dr. popular. Phil gets so mad he gets rattled and instantly <laughs> yeah. throws him off. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, prepared word. for it. He doesn't even say anything. He's just sitting there and the yeah, camera you know pants to him. Like, oh, yeah, both bad guys though. Here. Right? Like that guy yeah, was yeah, they're both terrible human beings. They're both being. terrible people. Yeah. Oh, you mean the the creator of bum fights is not a saint? <laughs> oh god. But Dr. Phil I'm saying is also equally bad, right? He's oh, another yeah. charlatan. But I think oh, the guy from Bum Fights was basically like, hey, we do the same thing. I just admit it. And, like, it, and you're exploiting people, too. Yeah, I mean, that, I appreciate that he was calling him out for also being an exploitive yeah. dickhead, but that doesn't make him not Yeah, two wrongs don't dickhead. make a right. But, uh, yeah, as um, Daphne sits down, she compliments Martin's chair and takes this, like, light jab at the furniture Frasier has, which Martin, like, is already starting to warm up to her just by her saying that. And then Fraser asks where she's from. She's like, oh, well, you know, originally I'm from Manchester, England. He's like, oh, really? Did you hear that, Dad? Like, I'm three feet away. There's nothing wrong with my hearing. It's and funny. I always thought she was Irish back in the day. Her and accent her is... very well. Yeah, well, her accent is... I don't know. It's not quite where I would think it would be for an English accent. It, uh, it does feel like there's a little something else in there. Well, Manchester is a very specific accent, too, though. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's true. it. Maybe uh, Fraser's British accent threw me off. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just heard another guy speaking in an English accent the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good Lord. And as they're continuing to talk, she stops him mid-conversation and asks Martin, are you a police officer? And admits that she's a bit psychic. He's like, just little things. You know, I I can't pick the lottery or anything. Otherwise, I wouldn't be with the likes of you guys. And again, it cuts to Martin. And you can see him like, he likes this girl. Not in that way. But like, he's he's like, she's on my level. She's She's normal and real. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her and Eddie. She ends up with Niles, if I remember correctly. Yes, down the road. Martin just spends, you know, right, it's lately his time with his children, who he has not a lick of anything in common with. So I think just being around any normal human being, or just someone who's a little less proper, is a breath and you of get, fresh air. And you get the idea that she would, like, have a beer and watch a movie with him. Like, yeah. he seems, like, normal and down to earth. So then she goes to Frazier and goes, wait, I'm getting another one. Are you a florist? <laughs> And uh, when he says no, he's like, oh, these things come and go. Usually it's strongest when I'm, you know, having my time of the month. <laughs> Frazier at this point is like already kind of like heading towards the door to like, all right, enough of you. And she turns to Eddie and goes, and you're a dog, aren't you? And she's laughing to herself. <laughs> and I don't know she seems so charming there because she was so tickled by her own comment. I mean, she interjects a, a real good different level of comedy into the show. Like, when you start introducing in a pilot all these different characters, you realize that, like, this is an ingredient into the soup that you very much need in this show. Because otherwise it would be two very proper guys and one angry not proper guy. And it's just that balance doesn't work. Yeah, she's the female and the the nutty bits of the Yeah, and I I think the show does a good job, too, where we're basically getting Frasier, Niles, the father, Daphne and Roz. And that's it. And Roz is even a smaller role in this episode. But yeah, she's yeah. very minimal on this one. You're not overloading us. You're letting us see every character. You're getting a good vibe for who everyone is. Grace is like, you know, I think we heard everything we need. And we'll get back to you. And st- he starts to open the door. And Martin's like, wait, why wait? You got the job. Grace is like, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, how about we talk this out first? And Daphne's like, all right, you know, and sees herself to the bathroom so that they can have a moment alone. Or the loo. Frazier thinks she's a kook and he doesn't like her. And Martin says, well, you asked me to pick one, and I did. And she's only going to be here when you're not here, so what's the difference anyways? And he's kind of like, you know, he's right. I'm never going to have to see her. So he... What is my problem? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, oh, I I didn't think of that. So he's like, you know, Daphne comes back out of the bathroom. He's like, you know what? You got the job. And she's like, oh, great. I'll move my things in tomorrow. And that's when we find out there's this big misunderstanding at the agency because she was told it was a live-in position, and it was only supposed to be part-time. But Martin wants to try to work something out. Frazier's like, well, that's just, it's not going to work. And he says, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch with you if not by telephone, then by toaster, taking a jab at her ability. And I as soon if, as, um, I wonder if all the other ones had the wrong idea too. Like, if yeah, I mean, apparently, really yeah. I mean, if that's what the agency yeah, that was, the word was telling of the agency, everybody, yeah. yeah. As soon as she leaves, the conversation takes a pretty serious turn for the most part. I mean, they toss a few jokes in, but overall, I thought this was like, a really good, well-acted scene between the two. And Martin you says, kind of don't expect it, the heartfelt yeah. and seriousness of their back and yeah. forth here. And without the need for, like, that slow music. Yeah, it becomes like a Shakespearean drama. Like. So Martin, just got the Kelsey Grammys holding a skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's African erotica. Oh, it's African erotic art. Which, when he says that, all I could think of in my head is when they cut to... Um, What's his face in The Shining? And he's at his apartment in Miami and they do the slow pan back and there's just the two <laughs> naked lady oil paintings on his wall or a velvet paintings. 
I was like, no, that's that's exactly what my head looks like. Scat that's what I Carruthers. think his bathroom looks like. Scatman <laughs> Crothers, thank you. So Martin tells Fraser, you know, why doesn't he just move into the room across from mine? And Fraser's like, that's my study, the place where I read and I do my most profound thinking. And Martin's like, just use the can like the rest of us. You, you can adjust. And Fraser's like, I don't want to adjust. I've done enough adjusting. And he's like, I'm in a new city. I have a new job. I'm separating from my son, which is enough to drive me nuts. He's like, and now I have you and the dog living here. Hiring someone was meant to ease the burden, not add to it. And Martin's like, oh, you hear that, Eddie? We're a burden. And Fraser's like, you know, you're twisting my words. This, it was, burden was meant in the most positive sense. He's like, oh, as in like, gee, what a lovely burden. Martin tells him, you know, you're not the only one who got screwed here, you know. Two years ago, I'm sailing towards retirement, and some punk robbing a convenience store puts a bullet in my head. Next thing you know, I'm trading in my golf clubs for one of these, and he's shaking his cane. He's like, well, I had plans too, you know. And this may come as a shock to you, sonny boy, but one of them wasn't living with you. And Fraser's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. I'm trying to be the good son. He's like, oh, don't worry, son. After I'm gone, you can live guilt-free knowing you've done right by your pop. He's like, you think that's what this is about guilt? Isn't it? Of course it is. But that's not the point. I did it. I took you in. And I've got news for you. I wanted to do it. Because you're the, my father. And how do you repay me? Ever since you moved in, it's been a snide comment about this or a smart little put down about that. Well, I've done the best to make a home for you. And once, just once, it would be nice if you would just say thank you. One lousy thank you. And there's a really long pause. And it's like uncomfortably long. It was a good like six or seven seconds. I counted out the next time. Yeah. And then Martin finally says, come on, Eddie, it's past your dinner time and just walks off. You know, never, he doesn't say thank you. You know, I'm, I'm reading it, you know, word for word, but to, to watch that scene and how the two were performing back and forth, they were both so emotional in that. There's a point where Fraser almost cries when he's talking about, you know, yeah, it was really well done. Yeah. You don't expect it to get that deep and dark so quick. And they, and they throw those little like jokes in, you know, when it came to, you know, you know, do it on the can and stuff like that. But they didn't get too yuck yuck in it to like splice it. And I think it was good that they let that scene be what it was. You know, what's funny. You know what I thought of during this scene? And it's interesting that you bring up that they, they kind of bookend the scene with jokes, but they allow the argument to happen as if it were a real argument. Um, It reminded me of everybody loves Raymond. But everybody loves Raymond throws jokes in through the whole argument, too, because Raymond has had this argument with his father. You know what I mean? Like the I just want this from you argument like you uh, probably a few dozen times because that show ran for so long. But there was always the jokes in and to see the juxtaposition. This works so much better. Yeah, I was immediately thinking of that scene and the like very famous scene in Everybody Loves Raymond where they're having the fight and he's like, don't you talk about my mother that way? He's like, you do. He's like, she's not my mother. Like they always find a way to, <laughs> there has to be that. Yeah. yeah there right. has to be the button on it. Yeah. Which is funny. And it works well when Peter Boyle is yelling it, right? Like it's, it does work in that show. Yeah, It's not bad, but I just, you know, Queens. seeing it done this way, it's just, it adds another layer to the show, I guess that makes it more interesting to see. But is that because of, if we're going to do the comparison of like the everybody or is Rain, everybody loves Raymond to this, is that because of the actors in this? Like, because Kelsey Grammer is a really good actor, or at least puts on. No, I think the... that's more about writing than anything. Okay. Kind yeah, of Peter a, Boyle, a who I think storm. is a very funny actor, is also a very good actor, too. Has a lot of serious roles, you know? Okay. So it's like perfect soup. Sure. A, lot of, a lot of soup tonight. <laughs> a lot of soup talking. 
Not much tossed salad or scrambled eggs, but a lot of soup. I just talk soup. Oh, I'm, I miss talk soup. It was on right before Howard Stern would throw baloney at women. <laughs> <laughs> and right before a trim spa, baby. Go ahead. She's fantastic. Why my cold dead body? Sorry, I can't not say there, it. There it's like it resolving is. the melody for Andy Bernard. If I don't say it, I'll get a headache. All right. Well, moving along. The next thing we get another one of those black title screens. It says Lupe Velez. We see the quarter outside Frazier's like studio in the in the radio area. And he's like running in the hallway and he's like rushes into the booth. And then he gets in the studio, puts his headphones on, and he goes, you know, they've got to move the bathroom closer to the studio. And then Ross throws from that they're going live and he goes, We'll be right back after these messages. And then they're off air again. And he's like, Couldn't I put that on tape? <laughs> that <laughs> that sucks. Really funny, yeah. There's like, nothing worse than having to pee that badly and having to run back and forth to something. All that That's for one line he, like that he could have easily pre recorded because then it yeah. goes right back to break. That's when you just put on Freebird, like live at like the Fox Theater or something. It's like 16 minutes, so you can go drop a deuce and come back so in the middle of this very serious psychiatrist program (laughs) they play a 17 minute version (laughs) live of Freebird, and no one is expected to think that's a weird thing he must have been playing music though if he ran back there wasn't just dead air well it's commercial more commercials yeah no because he comes back to we'll be right back so it wouldn't have been coming back from commercials no, what sometimes they have those, like, even on TV point, shows, guess, they'll yeah. do that. Remember, sometimes on TV shows, you'd get a commercial, too, and then they'd have, like, the title screen of the show and be like, we'll be right back after these messages. Maybe it was the traffic again. report that uh, interrupted Oh, that's a good call, yeah. Or a break in the news, where they do, like, the two-minute news thing. Like, well, news on the fives. In any event, he then uh, starts to tell Roz about the situation with his father, and now he had this whole life planned out and what it was going to be like until all this happened. And Roz asked if he'd ever heard of Lupe Velez. And she was an actress in the 30s who her career started to fall off. And she figured if she wouldn't be remembered for her movies, she'd be remembered by her death. And planned this whole elaborate suicide. Which would be dressed to the tens and there'd be candles and flowers. But when she took all the pills, she didn't. Uh, it didn't sit right with the enchilada combo that she had had earlier. And then ended up being found dead headfirst into the toilet bowl. Her point being. Even though things didn't go as planned, they worked out anyways. And Frazier didn't understand how that worked out for her. And Ross says, well, all she ever wanted was to be remembered. Are you ever going to forget that story? A good Simpsons reference here in the uh, John Waters episode of The Simpsons when they're driving around. He's like, that's the story where she, uh, Lupe Velez bought the toilet she drowned herself in. Simpsons did it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the Simpsons did it. So I mean, I well, did look you get it Kelsey Grammer on the show and Cecil. I looked it up, and it, it was, this story might just be urban legend. It is true that Lupe Velez was a real Mexican actress, and she did overdose intentionally on pills. But it's not totally clear if she was found. It's said that she was found in her bed, so we don't know for sure if she was found, like, head in her toilet. So she's shit in her bed? We don't know if the enchilada part's true either. But <laughs> Let's I just also go got yeah. that she had to throw up because she ran to the toilet and drowned in it. Yeah. But there's a million of these stories from that time, too. Like, there's the Mary Provost who died in her apartment. She's an actress, and her dog ate her because she was, like, in there for so long. And then is it W.C. Fields who there's a story where he, like, put a Pepsi bottle inside of a prostitute or sex worker, and then she died? It's not a real story, but he had to go to trial for it. And I'm sorry, oh, my little chicken. Yeah. I don't know if that's W.C. Fields or not. <laughs> to do an impression from fucking 100 years ago. 
It's funny. Earlier I said how the black title screens were like very Pulp Fiction to me. This whole story you could have placed anywhere in the middle of Pulp Fiction. This is very much a Tarantino-y story, yeah. Could you not see them like sitting at the diner and like just having it where she's saying that to um to Vinny like to it, like while they're having their shake? Yeah. That ten dollar shake with no bourbon in it. Yeah. It's also very clerks like. Yeah, any, it well, is any very those, clerks. Yeah, too, those yeah. dialogue heavy mid nineties movies. Back when we had the attention span to watch people talk for two hours instead of it being right. like, I'm Ant Man. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're alone though. You know a lot of people like those movies. Joe's just I love mad Paul Rudd. he has to I don't still give a shit about any of those movies, yeah. I know, you just said earlier how much you love Paul Rudd. And then I you love Paul Rudd. Ant-Man. I don't care about any of these modern superhero movies. You could have picked, like, any other one that people don't care about. I'm Aquaman! There you <laughs> go. Better? There you go. Everybody Does anybody like Aquaman? Aquaman? I never saw Aquaman, but Jason Momoa seems like a cool dude. Yeah, Is he, he the guy does. who was married to Lisa Bonet? He does seem like yeah. a cool guy. Yeah. And I love Lisa Bonet. Or, oh, Momoa's fine. I just The movie probably sucks. I was gonna say Joe's just mad at Ant Man because he has to watch like, like seventy other like Marvel Universe movies. To exactly. Understand. I like comic books. I like superheroes. I feel left you out of like all it. these movies. Joe, instead <laughs> of watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall, you should go back one through seventy three <laughs> and do all of the Marvel Universe just to make Jay even more mad. The only modern franchise I will do that for, have done that for, and will do it again is clearly Fast and Furious. Ugh. Gross. Those movies are fucking great. Hobbs and Shaw's a gem. Fast X comes out soon. I only Bonus saw episode. the first one. Destroying your The first one's out. legitimately probably the third worst one. It's not good. The movies change completely with there from the first one. The first one's the only good one. That is incorrect. I I'm kind of with I as a, a fan of the the uh franchise, I do like the first one. Look, I like the first one. I like it better than Tokyo Drift, for sure. But the movies become what they become by, like, Fast 4 and 5. We can't do this right now, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like this. I like the movies, too, but we cannot do this right All now. All right, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> so, yeah, so now Frisia puts his headphones back on, and they're about to go live again. And the next caller is Martin, who's having a problem with his son. After Frasier greets the, the guy on the phone, you hear Frasier's dad say, I'm a first-time caller. And you see his eyes widen, and he's, like, in shock. And he welcomes him to the show and asks how he can help him. I like the scene because they're talking out their situation over the air, but they never make it known that they know each other. They just play it the whole time like it's just caller and psychiatrist. And there's a moment towards the end where Martin says, I'm worried my son doesn't know that I really appreciate what he's doing for me. And Frazier replies with, why don't you tell him? And he like, again, like chokes up, like you think he's going to cry. Is again, like the, their balance of... The seriousness and the jokes, they, they just, I think in their performances, they did it so well throughout this episode. The call ends with Martin saying, thank you, Dr. Crane. My pleasure, Martin. And then you hear, did you hear that I said thank you? That, <laughs> yeah, was like, I wasn't expecting that. I got a nice belly. Yeah. Out of that <laughs> it was one, good yeah. because you get the nice, you get the joke. It's not over the top and it just cuts the, the serious out a little bit, you know, without going too far. Going back to our Everybody Love Raymond too, that's a more of a Raymond-y type thing like i said thank you yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really like the way that they did that um i don't know how you guys felt about that scene i you know without getting too far into it i like the way they did every scene like it was yeah. just really well done i like i liked it especially the end when he says the thank you part but before that i was a little confused because i was like does he not know his son 
<laughs> thing. Like, I, I wasn't positive that he was doing it to reach out to him or if he was actually trying to call it. Oh, 100%. Because on the thing. But when he said, when he says, when he says, did you hear that? I said, thank you. I was like, okay. So he does definitely know. Okay. That's funny. I've got a son named Dr. Fraser Crane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a common name. Does he sound like this as well? In Seattle, <laughs> Washington. So then after uh, that phone call ends, we have one last caller who, as we found out before we recorded, is uh, not, like Linda. not a random actress. Um, so Linda Hamilton, who played um, the lead in the Terminator movies. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor is the the voice in this final call, which is like so random. Real quick. Gordo, have you seen either Terminator 1 or 2? I've seen Terminator 2. Okay. I Terminator seen... 1 is amazing, by the way. You should see Terminator 1. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it with Ferg at some point. Ferg has made me watch tons of movies that I've just blocked out of my head. But Terminator it's... 2 is a, it's a rare, more people have seen that than the original. There's not many sequels that have that going for it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's also and Terminator like Two is like a sequel. cultural moment. It's Terminator a it's a rare movie awesome... too. You don't need to see the first one to watch it, so that helps. Yeah, I, I saw Terminator Two way before I saw Terminator One because it was so present when it came out. Like there was the trading cards and the M- the Guns and Roses video was all over MTV. Yeah, it was a big thing in culture. At that time. also the Guns N' Roses music video for that, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is at the Guns N' Roses concert, and at the end, he goes to shoot Slash, and it says, Waste it was, of You could be mine, right? Yeah. That was the song, yeah. We are dying. I don't want to <laughs> tangent too hard, but since Linda Hamilton's in the episode, and I don't know when we're going to talk about Terminator again, how do you guys feel about the Terminator story arc that John Connor sends someone into the past to get his mother pregnant to have him? Kinky. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's something cannot, you wouldn't want to have to do, but you would still have to do it. But how do you we, get there we the can't first go time? into time travel plot holes? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you, you just you can't. Yeah, you want this to be a three-hour episode because I can go. It's for the same reason you don't understand why Captain America isn't selfish. He's selfish. He's super selfish. No, fuck you. No, He's not it's selfish. a different line. Well, I will say Daphne in this is in the Red Dwarf USA pilot reboot that never took off, which I would love to cover someday. But if you're looking for a great mindfuck, there is an episode in later, later Red Dwarf where they end up in a weird alternate time with JFK and JFK has to assassinate himself. And that's like the whole sort of thing where it's like he knows he has to do it to himself. It's fucking amazing. It's a really fun little story arc, but don't they do that checking out for any of you Red Dwarfies out there? Don't they do that with Hitler, too? Like they have there's like a whole Hitler story arc as well. No, you're thinking of that other show we did. Um. Danger five, danger five. (laughs) 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 So yeah. So anyway, the last caller is a girl named Claire, and she says, um, "You know, well, I'm a mess." And she says how eight months ago, her and her boyfriend had broke up, and she can't get over it, and how like the pain from that breakup's not going away, and she feels like she's in mourning. And Fraser says, "Claire, you are in mourning, but you're not mourning over the loss of your boyfriend. You're mourning." the loss of what you thought your life was going to be and let it go. Things don't always work out the way you planned. That's not necessarily bad. Things have a way of working out anyways. And then he paused. He goes, have you ever heard of Lupe Velez? <laughs> and then he winks and, uh, at Roz too, as he's saying yeah. this, like, which I thought was cool. I think the show does they, a really good job of going full circle with stories. A, 
Yeah, they had to have had a consultant that was a psychiatrist or something. For oh, for sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. That is, like, so deep. Like, I mean, they like, needed a consultant they said earlier. for oh, yeah. Frasier on Cheers, too. Like, I mean, that's yeah. all he did was give, you know, psychiatric advice. advice you know? Yeah. It's just nowadays with, like, comedy writing, like, that just bring people with no idea yeah. of of like the subject and like they just kind of wing it it's it's nice to see in these old ones where like it's an really interesting uh the, because i mean i don't know if you guys went through like all the trivia and stuff like this but uh, it's obviously rife with cheers info but every cast member on cheers was on fraser at one point with exception to coach who was obviously dead um, coach and kirstie alley kirstie alley would not be on the show because of its rooted, because it's oh, basically rooted in psychi in psychiatry, which right. is you know not in Scientology. So she refused to be on the show because of that, which is silly as fuck. First of all, it's like you're an actor. You're an actor. Like you, <laughs> like this is what you do. You pretend. Okay, you don't I like have the, to. It's like being on a show about psychiatry is too much for her. But talking dogs totally passes the test like no no that's way well, more realistic she worships lizards and shit i was but, gonna um, say doesn't she worship like like aliens well yeah, she doesn't worship wherever, anything anymore i, can, I, I say, can get into it if you want i know the whole story but she better I hope she's right trouble with scientology yeah yeah i was gonna say we could talk a lot about it but i'm also trying to bite my tongue a little yeah oh yeah big time. i don't want to be labeled a suppressive person and have somebody showing up <laughs> after me i don't uh, think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know, and I don't remember talking about this when we did Cheers. But did you know Shelley Long hated um Kelsey Grammer I had and heard his that. character, and and constantly lobbied to get his character removed from Cheers? Because, and I just didn't say this, but the only reason I can think is that they're too similar. Like they were both like the educated, Neurotic, uh, educated, like yeah, yeah. right. Um, and then when she, cause she did appear on Frasier, it was like how they buried the hatchet apparently. But I didn't know that, that they did not like each other. Well, she didn't like him and I apparently, you know, went both ways eventually. But, uh, I thought that was interesting. I think it she makes a lot of sense. Like... It probably is because the characters were so similar and it, it steps on each other's toes, right? Yeah. If they give him a witty, smart line, that's something that's good. Like, I could have said that. Why didn't you give that to me? Right. And at a certain point it probably got, because if you had to pick, right, as a fan of the show, which one, which character you'd rather see leave. You would want Frasier to stay because Diane can fuck off, right? Like, Frasier is easily more entertaining than she is. Yeah, if you go back to Cheers episode, you'll remember how much I hated Diane. Yeah, and I, I mean, like she's... Diane on Cheers, but Frasier has more breadth to him because the show makes more sense if Sam's not dating anybody because then you can have different guest stars every week that are his right, girlfriends yeah. and enter you know add all different scenarios from that so yeah and then um just real quick there is a credit scene and it's Fraser's apartment and you got out him his dad daphne and the dog are all just sitting together watching a movie and you uh you see daphne and martin are both having a beer and Fraser's trying to read and the dog's just staring at him the whole time and at the end like the dog puts his paw up on um Fraser. It's the dog was like, I don't know how you it's would cue that because it was nothing great was, dog acting. Yeah. Yeah. There had to be someone like off camera, right? Throwing a signal for the dog to throw his paw up. Yeah, but, it has to be. And we he, hear the he song. Just did it. 
because it was adorable. I did not know Kelsey Grammer sang the song. Really? You didn't know that? Yeah, I, I, I had no idea. I mean, now that I know, really? it, it makes sense, but I didn't know it was him. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Is Kelsey Grammer here right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay just falls off a stage immediately. <laughs> now, Jay, sing that, but in Bobcat Goldthwait's voice. <laughs> I, uh... I will off air. I promise. I'm not going to. Um, so I was reading up. So I guess 11 years ago, someone got in touch finally, like to interview the writer of the song. Cause they were like, Hey, what's that all about? Cause no one understood the whole toss salad and scrambled egg thing. Cause those two meals don't like those two food groups don't go together. Yeah. So I guess the theory was when the, the guy who wrote the song was approached to do it, he was told that he cannot mention anything about psychiatry or like specific to the characters in the song. He wrote toss salads and scrambled eggs because they're like the patients. They're both mixed up. That's interesting. That's yeah. artistic Liberty. So yeah, I like hear, that though. no, I think it's a good, like, it's that's, subtle. Yeah. But, it's explained it. with it. But yeah, Why so when was you hear he given those directions, you can't I don't know. mention the show or psychiatry. At yeah. least psychiatry. They probably didn't want anything that was like too obvious. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they didn't want something too on the nose. This person's crazy, and there's the space needle. <laughs> like, wait, why are we being so obvious right now? <laughs> what would ours be? It'd be Bobcat Goldthwait singing the Cheers theme song. <laughs> but like the weird version that has all the stuff about like <laughs> killing yourself. No, it would yeah, be Bobcat Goldthwait crazy lyrics. singing Danger Zone. <laughs> Come on, Jay, let's try it. <laughs> How do you know Danger the song? But not he knows the, the song, though. No, he said it wrong. He said, welcome to the Danger <laughs> Zone. <laughs> he knows the, the melody, which is more than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, so. true. Because yeah. I've seen Top I honestly don't think you have, man. I watched it in theaters when they brought it back in the Somerville Theater like four years ago. Who's the you antagonist in the movie? Goose. Goose is not the antagonist. Goose is not the antagonist. It's the guy in the fucking academy. <laughs> Who's a very of. famous actor? Who is I it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I sent you guys Val Gilmer him the other day. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. It is. You Val have Gilmer. not seen this movie. There's yeah, nothing I you could do to convince me. That. Oh, you made up a I fictional have. story about seeing it four years ago and it got back. Smirch Val Kilmer this way. <laughs> Why? The worst Batman of all time, by the way. Oh, uh, that is. That is no, false. Clooney is the worst bad. Clooney is no, the worst. Uh, it goes above Val Kilmer. Keaton no Kilmer. Uh, Affleck. Oh, wait, no. Affleck is the worst Batman on no, the show. No, maybe. He's the great Batman. I've never seen oh, he's Bell. the worst Batman. I personally think Christian Bale got way too much credit. I love Christian Bale. I like I those movies, Christian but I agree. Bale. I mean, it's, I still think Keaton's the, the absolute winner for me, but I think that 100%. Ben Affleck Batman, I can't fucking handle I didn't it. like Christian Bale's Batman voice. That was my only problem. But I <laughs> so Jay, can you do the Batman voice? Probably. Damn. <laughs> so just make it a little bit higher, and you got Bobcat Goldthwait. It's not remotely the same. Why would you prove it? <laughs> do a, a apparently movie. he's also never seen Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Batman, that movie where the two friends are in flight school together. <laughs> 
What? They'd be flying like bats. Do you think Top Gun is a Batman villain? Has this been the confusion the whole time? (laughs) Top Gun? With Arnold Schwarzenegger as Iceman? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I've seen the movie. (laughs) Don't believe you. Uh, In any event, guys, so we we covered the whole episode. Um, As far as Frasier goes as a whole, uh, anything you guys want to add to it? Did did we cover it all? I think we did a pretty good job. I think we nailed it, dude. I would like to say that if I lived in Seattle in 1993, I would listen to Fraser Crane's radio all the time because I would much rather listen to that than any the Nirvana. bullshit garbage music <laughs> coming out of Seattle in 1993, like oh. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, or Nirvana. I love Nirvana. I hate you so much. Well, I'm just um, saying, the, saying the facts here. I'm with Joe. Soundgarden's not bad. I've revisited them in Nirvana. I would say recently. maybe had Kurt called Fraser Crane's radio show things would be different but that's not the case because Courtney oh is that you finally kids. admitting he blasted his own no he didn't out? let me finish because i said <laughs> because it would be we definitely talked to the podcast about this because gordon didn't know who el duce was and we i think we had to go send him down yeah. that rabbit hole but he does know who la mancha is <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic because we watched that musical the man of la mancha don quixote yes but yeah, um, no, so, yeah, I don't, it's weird. Frasier's one of those shows that I've seen so much of it when it was in its original run, but I hadn't watched it since because, again, I, I don't think it was syndicated much afterwards, and then, I don't know, I haven't really thought to watch it in streaming. But, um, yeah, it just, one of those shows that lasted so long, and I'm very curious how they tackle this. I don't know if it's a reboot or if it's a, not reboot, but it's like, the next season going to be considered season 12 or is it like a new Frasier season one? It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. It's like when Roseanne came back and they did the two seasons as Roseanne, they were like seasons 10 and 11 or whatever. And then they switched over to the Connors and it was like the Connors season one. For so it was hard to gauge how they're yeah. going to do these shows. Cause it's a pretty how, abrupt reboot. It's actually um, kind of important because in one instance we could do the episode in another, we can't. Yeah, that's true. Cons- yeah. yeah. Now I wonder where it's back in Boston. There's going to be a moment where he's at Cheers, right? That'll be. He has to. Well, Cheers doesn't exist anymore. True. Mm. The the last episode it closes. So, but There's I imagine some, you maybe yeah. run into somebody like you have to bring back the characters for at least some hello, right? There'll yeah, be something. He'll run into Norm and Sam. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do something. I don't know if they'll do it in the first episode, but they'll. They'll definitely do something. If I think they'll cycle if them it, in. If, do they say where it's going, that show? Is that show going to be like on network television or is it going to be on Netflix? I would imagine it'd be a Peacock or original. Or like a right? Peacock original. Is it going to be like a streaming original? I don't I know, but peacock, I would think that they're probably going to do know. probably do broadcast TV because it was such a big show and they're killing, They're dying for ratings right now. They'll put something on that people because will watch. Because if they put Willing it on a streaming really network, well I guarantee they'll go cameo heavy early in the first couple episodes. Oh, that '90s show style. Yeah, Paramount. Uh, Paramount Plus is doing it. Oh, exclusively. Damn. Damn. Yeah. It's like I need to get Paramount Plus. I say it all the time. It's like the, the only one I don't have, and it has so much shit I want to watch. There is some good stuff on there. Yeah, like honestly, every episode, Ferg and I are like, I just want to watch Bar Rescue. <laughs> Never buy Paramount Plus. <laughs> I need to see John Taffer yell at people. But yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, there's nothing left to do but the Greenlighter cancel. So, I'm going to go in the reverse order I see you in today. Ferg, starting with you. 
Alright, I stop by saying I'm not a Frasier fan. I think the show as a whole is terrible. Uh, really boring. However, I thought this was an excellent pilot. Um, I laughed a lot, and it's a lot of my hatred's going back by memory. So it, pilot's actually good enough for me to even say I'm probably going to give this another chance. Uh, so green light for me. I'm <laughs> very surprised green light. I didn't want to do this show at all. I was curious, and I had a feeling after watching it myself, because you were very vocally not happy that we were going to be doing this show. And when I watched it today, having not seen this episode in a while, I was like, you know what? I think this could flip him, because it, it's not what he remembers necessarily. But um, Joe, next. Yeah, I, this is a show I never watched when it was new. Like I said earlier, it felt like an older person show. It seemed boring. As much as I love Cheers, I just like couldn't get behind it. And I'm a little mad at myself for never giving it the chance, especially being such a TV weirdo junkie, as I thought this pilot was fantastic. I liked all the devices they did. I thought they introduced all the characters well. They gave enough exposition and backstory to not make it feel too shoehorned in and then just let it go. Right. Like they're like, and now we're off onto our own thing. Uh, I'm with Ferg. I might give this show a chance. I really, really weirdly enjoyed this pilot way more than I thought I would. Just like you, Ferg, I was like, I'm kind of dreading watching this. This is going to be a slog. I'd rather just watch Cheers again. Uh, but this was kind of great. Green light. Nick. I mean, same. I It just, I wasn't into it when I was younger. Uh, I just remember, much like Cheers, uh, not Cheers, much like MASH. Once the intro started playing, I was like, ah, change the channel. Like, I, d- I don't want it. Uh, but this pilot caught me, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to keep this is the first show episode for the show that i actually watched with my girlfriend and i had to explain to her why i couldn't keep watching the next episode because it just started playing i said i can't i can't do it but we'll watch it and i think it's going to be my new bedtime show because uh i'm really interested and i get to see it for the first time essentially because i, I never really watched it it's got a smaller cast in a sense that there's really only three, maybe four people who are on the screen at the same time for most of it. It seems like that way anyways. I'm not sure exactly, but that's the way it seems. So you're not inundated with a ton of characters like some shows do, and the characters that are there are really interesting. And they hit you, you with a good story. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes, and I enjoyed the pilot, so it's a green light. Just uh, real quick, do you really want to make that your bedtime show? You don't want to do a bedtime show with something you're watching because then you that fall asleep is, and you that's get a good episodes point. ahead and yep. you can't find it. I hate um, that the next morning where you're trying to go back into the stream. The middle of like, an episode? Did I fall asleep? Yeah, yep. maybe it's like the before you make it to bed show, like yeah. while you're still in the living room, like I'll throw on a couple episodes and then you go to your bedtime TV. That's I was going to say point. too, yeah. Joe, when you were talking about how this would be like a show you would you would listen to, like Frazier's actual radio show. I was like, I wouldn't do it while driving because his voice is like very easy to fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's dangerous. NPR territory, we were yeah. like, they're talking about cars and I'm still sleepy. What's going on with this? Uh, Gordo, you're up. Yeah, so I remember this this show. I remember not liking it as a kid, but I can see why it won a lot of awards that it did this particular episode. It was a uh, uh, really well done pilot like the acting was just out of this world i think uh maybe some of the best that we've done um from being able to tell like a story and being able to have it flip and not feel weird 
um, or feel cheesy. Like I just, it had everything. It had humor. It had like tugging on my heartstrings, and it had a cute dog. So green light for me. A yeah, cute dog I mean, will always get Gordo. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to differentiate from the rest of you guys. I, I've said it throughout. It. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than a lot of shows we've covered in the past. As far as just how well I thought everything came together. I kept talking about the writing. I just thought it was really, really smart writing. The characters were already on point. It was just really good spinoff that wasn't trying too hard to capitalize on the success of the show that it's branching off of. And branching off of a show as big as Cheers, and basically as soon as it ended too, they could have tried a lot harder just to use that as leverage, and they didn't. And I really enjoy that. And um, yeah, I watched a lot of it as a kid. I remember pieces of it because we were young. And I was just kind of watching it because my mom had it on. But um, I am a little interested to keep watching it. And by very limited time to watch any bonus TV. But yeah, I thought it was great. So that being said, guys, five out of five for Frasier. Oh, good Lord. In a rare air for us. So congrats to Frasier. You do live on to see episode two. And that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, go to s1e1pod.com. I can't stress this enough. Go there, find all our links, subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Find our Twitter, find our Instagram, give us a follow, hit us up, say hi, click those likes. Uh, we really appreciate it. We put in the work, so we, uh, you know, we like to see that you guys are enjoying everything. We know you guys are out there, so that's why we want to see the engagement on social media, because, like I said, we see the download count, so we know you guys are listening. At this point, we have multiple times just sent a bunch of free crap to people just because they interact with us. Yeah. So get out there and interact with us, and you might just get a bunch of free crap sent to you. Like free for you, shit. not me. Oh, it's just shipping fees. You're fine. <laughs> I buy the things I send them. Too. Send us fucking requests for the money. You can't yeah. <laughs> not ask us for money and then complain about it. Yeah. If you tell us how much it is, we'll give you money, man. That's not as a different conversation. I'm not complaining about. I'm not complaining to you so guys. I'm be saying, the martyr, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, guys, yeah, uh, hit up our Instagram and Twitter again. Uh, we put out a lot of content. There's, um, you know, basically daily tweets, daily, um, not daily Instagram posts, but quite often, about six to seven a week. So, uh, yeah, give us follows there, guys. We appreciate it. But if you do, send us some notes let us know shows you want to hear we want to cover more of those shows because like this fan picks i don't know when we would have got to frazier if someone brought it up uh here we are doing it and now it's getting a five out of five so yeah so that being said guys that's all the time we have for this week thanks for giving us a listen spread the word tell your friends we'll catch you again next week goodbye i think we got the best african erotic art 